Hey, all you babbleheads across the Atlantic Ocean. We got some good news. We are coming to see you this spring. That's right. We're coming to the UK. We're coming to Ireland. You guys have been asking us to return for many, many years. And now we're going to do it. We're going to kick things off in Dublin, Ireland. We're going to be at the Vickers Street on Thursday, May 9th. Then we head to the UK, Birmingham on May 11th, Manchester on May 12th, then Edinburgh, Scotland on May 14th, and then wrapping up the whole tour at the Apollo Theatre in London, England on Wednesday, May 15th. We cannot wait to return to England, Scotland, and Ireland. If you're in any of those areas, come on out and see us, because who knows when we'll be back. To get tickets for these shows or any Smodco show, as always, you can go to csmod.com. That's S-E-E-S-M-O-D.com. We'll see you across the Atlantic Ocean in May. It's time to babble the fuck on. It's Hollywood Babylon. With your hosts, Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. Friday night in Oxnard, ladies and gentlemen. So let's babble the fuck out. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Ralph Garman. Hey, hey boys and girls. How are you, sir? I am an Oxnard. That's how I am. <laughs> Take that as you will. Aren't we all? What was that love you, Ralph, for? Because she loves me. That's why. <laughs> but why single you out? You never say you it. Out? Somebody why, has to. Why single you out? Because she loves me. Thank yeah. you. And that dude a little loves parody, you. A little so parody. It all works out. Um, hey, man, I uh, this is the last show I get to do for a while. On Monday, I head to New Orleans to start Jane Silent Bob Reboot. Reboot. Yeah. What's all that reboot? Um, Going to be a good time, man. So far, so good. Shaping up really fun and shit. So, uh, but before like, I had to do that, I had to uh, get doctor's sign off. Sure. So I went and saw the doctor, my cardiologist, Dr. Margulatenheim. If you die in the middle of the movie, a lot of people are going to get lose their cash, right? Bad That's, fucking yes, news, yeah. exactly. Um, so I went to see him. But be, oh, fuck, before I did that, you know what I did this week? This is fucking cute. So I, uh, I'll be the judge of that, mister. Uh, fair enough. There was on Twitter, somebody reached out to me, a school teacher in New Jersey, and was like, I have a comic book club with these kids after school. Would you Skype in and like answer their questions about comics and i was like oh my god how could i fucking not totally let's do that and shit so you know i said yes <clears throat> and then one day somebody was like hey you're gonna skype in with the kids at the school and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like you fucking answered some tweet and said you would tweet. i was like i did and i looked back i'm like fucking stoner kev <laughs> So I was like, all you right, really man. forgot that you agreed? Totally. I say yes to a lot of shit, and then That's it comes true, up. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. you know. So, you know, I always think of it as fucking a past me was setting the table for future me. Because past me knows that future me is a fucking asshole. But past me is smart enough to know if I, if I put this in motion now, 
future Kev can't possibly fuck it up. I got so it. So past Kev fucking set up the thing, the Skype thing. Past Kev writes the checks, and then you got to cash them Pretty later much, on. Yeah, yeah. So I Skyped with the class, and it was fucking adorable. I thought I was Skyping with a high school class. They were fifth graders. Oh, how so cute. 75% of my material right out the window. That's true. Oh, my God. I'm like, how the fuck do I talk to these kids and shit? Uh, they were lovely. They asked all sorts of questions. Um, the first question, you know, at first I said hi. I had to explain who the fuck I was over and over again, man, because I was like, you know, I made my first movie in 1994. How many of you were even born back then you know and my fucking if i was talking to anybody else i'd be like you all were cum back when i was making this movie yeah but i couldn't do it to the fifth graders yeah. with the teachers you were looking stardust at me. i was yeah. it was fucking bummer so uh i they asked me at one point like you know he, he turned it over to me he's like uh, to them he's like we're gonna let you ask questions i said okay and so the first question was like you know what do you like better making movies or writing comic books or something like that second question was so like it was as previously mentioned they were kids in new jersey right so it was so fucking real this is the second question from a 10 year old who just maybe learned about me like 10 minutes before i popped up on skype all right he goes why did you move to los angeles <laughs> leave the best state in the world uh, and i was like my normal answer is like i followed pussy to hollywood because my wife wanted to move there and right. fucking that's who i was fucking so fucking i if i wanted to keep fucking i had to go to hollywood and shit and so same old story sure so uh i couldn't fucking say that because they were fucking 10 years old and shit so i had to tell a tamer version of it where i'm like oh my wife wanted to go and happy wife happy life and they're all looking at me like what the fuck's he rambling about <laughs> Um, but it was, uh, it, I don't know, it was really fucking uh, sweet. You should have told him you were hunting Pokemon. I, like, I couldn't quite gauge. Connect with the kids, yo. What their thing was. Like, I, I do, it's been a while since I had a 10-year-old and shit. Yeah, Not, I can into? deal with high schoolers. Like, you know, high schoolers, it's like my mentality, so I'm yeah, right You never the, really got past that, no, so you're right there. We're on the same emotional <laughs> level and shit. So, like, at the end of it. When, when I was wrapping up, like, the teacher was like, I can't thank you enough because it went on for, like, an hour and shit. It was only supposed to be half an hour, but I kept talking. And they kept asking questions, so I kept answering. And then finally the teacher was like, we're going to wrap it up, man. But, like, thank you, like, so much for doing this. I was like, oh, my God. Anytime. Like, I'm not – I'm normally just sitting here in my office surfing Pornhub. Come on. Not a single one of the kids. Like I thought maybe it would get a like he he he. He said Pornhub to teacher, but they're ten. Right. So, exactly. So to them, like Pornhub is the thing that like their parents and teachers like you'll wind up on Pornhub if you don't blah blah blah. And shit. They probably so, haven't even heard that much about it. I know. I might until have sent you a few there. Yeah. Nothing. The teacher's eyes flared. Like, did you just say fucking Pornhub to these kids? <laughs> It was really sweet, though. So anyway, after yeah, that. it was adorable. <laughs> you won't be invited back. Um, they were lovely. The kids were lovely. He was a great teacher. And, and the whole idea that they were having a comic book club, I, I gave him the big push for creativity, where I was just like, look, man, if you, if you like this kind of thing, you know, fucking storytelling and whatnot, lean into it. There aren't enough storytellers in the world and whatnot. Like, and you're young enough to do this. And if you feel you can do it and you have the ability and what, uh, like, do it because some people can't some people can't express themselves right. and like that's who you're doing it for not just you but also them and stuff 
So, you know, their eyes glazed over like, is he done? <laughs> I thought we were going to I got to get on Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> So I've heard about <laughs> after that, um, I, uh, I went to the doctor and saw Dr. Layden. I'm the guy that saved my life. This is a motherfucker who reached into my, my up my femoral artery mm-hmm. with fucking tools and put a stent in my heart and shit like that. Batman saved my life. Uh, so it was the first time I'd seen him like uh, in six months. And, you know, I, I had to go get cleared before I went off to see uh, New Orleans and started shooting. Right. So he did an EKG on me, which like, you know, I, f- I feel like, like I've li- like, I look in the mirror and clearly I've, I know that I've lost weight and stuff and people say it online based on pictures they see, but sitting in the doctor's office, like, you know, they're like, all right, we're going to do an EKG. Take your shirt off. When I took my shirt off, like 26 titties still fall out. Oh, stop. Oh, they do. Just because the fat went away. Like, the fat pushed everything out, and then the fat disappeared, and everything just went wong and shit. So, like, I look like a lady who's, like, needs a brassiere and shit. Like, everything just fucking droops and shit. Remember the lady in the fucking Shining? Oh, like, out of the bathtub? Yes. Oh, my God. At first she's sexy, and then she's like, oh, <laughs> that's what I fucking look like naked and shit. So I'm sitting on the table. Give me another drink, Lloyd. <laughs> and he's like, uh, do you got to take your shirt off for me to do this? And I was like, oh, should I lay back? Because at least if I lay back, it all stretches out and shit. <laughs> but uh, he was like, no, I need you to sit up. And I was like, oh, fuck. So fucking up came the shirt and out came everything fucking tumbling and stuff. He put the things all over me. And they did the EKG. And then the doctor came in and read it. And he goes, uh, here's the good news. Uh, there is no lasting damage to your heart. Awesome. Very sweet. So the lack of blood flow didn't damage the muscle in That's any way. That's their big concern. They, right? They'll like watch my heart for the rest of my life to see if any damage shows up because of what like I was going through and stuff. Right. Um, you know, because somebody put it very well on, on Twitter or in the comment section on my Instagram or something like that. Because um, I was like, my heart fucking attacked me. What a jerk or something like that. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, they said, your heart didn't attack you, man. Uh, your but your warranty is now voided, <laughs> which I was like, oh my god, that's true. Like if I've gotten my fucking warning, it's like anything you do after this is fucking on your fucking dime. We told you, whoever they are, and right? Shit like that. So um, he said uh, the EKG turned out great, but he did some blood work on me and stuff, and so uh, blood work came back stellar. Like so, all that's good. But while I was in the office, he's looking at my results and he goes, you're still on the same prescriptions? Because they put me on like pills after the heart attack. You got a statin drugs and stuff like that? Stuff like that. Blood thinners. And uh, I said, yeah. And he goes, I'm going to put you on a different blood thinner. I'm going to lower the dosage. And he's like, did you ever have any problems? Because when he put me on the blood thinners at first, at one point, he was just like, okay, so I'm going to put you on these blood thinners. And I was like, all right. And he's like, you need to thin the blood because it's going through the LAD where the stent went in. If it all coagulates, it can... Like, Don't want to clot. No, so yeah. they thin the blood. Problem is, with a blood thinner, it's like I shave all the time. And even if you blow on my cheeks, oh, I fucking bleed like a John Carpenter movie yeah. and shit. So so you got to be like super fucking careful. And whatnot. But what, when I went back to see him after a couple of weeks, I was on the, on the blood medication. He goes... Uh, how he's going, how is it working out? I said, I was fine. I feel like really fine. I feel great. And he goes, no, how's, how's the blood thinner medication working out? Like in that department. And I was like, what in the blood department? I guess it's 
I guess it's thin. I didn't look inside or anything like that. And he goes, well, he's gone. People who take this drug, sometimes it affects their sex drive. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's a blood thinner. Like, and blood, you know, mean, needs to go. I don't know if you know how it works, but blood. <laughs> no, but that wouldn't affect your sex drive. That wouldn't affect your sex drive. It affects your, your performance. Drive. You're like, I want to fuck, but it's like, wah, wah, well, the wah, drive wah. is the wanting. Stuff it up there anyway. The shit. drive is the wanting. The performance is the other part. Yeah, but if, even if I have fucking a drive, I can't do anything. The drive will be like, I'm so angry. Ah! But like, it's, you know, I don't know. Did I word it wrong or something? What the fuck? No, you corrected me for it. No, you? I just didn't understand what you were saying. I didn't know. The mother fucker was telling me I might not be able to fuck, man. All right, fine. You said sex drive. I thought it means you didn't want to fuck. What I was afraid that fuck, would do that. Man. He was. It was the point is it was a blood thinner, man. It would be an Affect erection. Affect your erections. Killer. I got boner you. fucking okay. killer. So I was like, well, fuck. What is that? What do I do? And he's going, well, there's not much you can do. You can't take Viagra. Because Viagra was originally a blood pressure med medication. That's how they discovered it. Like right. it was meant for blood pressure. And then they gave it to people and they're like, my fucking dick won't go down for days. And they're like, time to rebrand this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't want you to do that. I think what like Yul Brenner or somebody, one of those, no, not Yul Brenner. No, T tell, no. Yeah, Yul, no, fuck. No, James Coburn. Hi. James Coburn. Uh, like was on heart pills and then apparently took like Viking up. What's it called? The Viagra, Viagra and fucking had died. From oh, wow. Whatever happens when, cause then your blood gets doubly fucking thin or whatever the fuck. And you just, there's no way I think that, your blood pressure gets so low that you, that you just drop dead yeah. or something like that. So, you know, he's like, you can't do that. He's going, you just kind of, I just wanted to give you the heads up. There's really nothing. Just, just put just a kinda, rubber band around your dick and hope for the best. As he took the Hippocratic Oath, he didn't suggest that <laughs> no, at all. No, he didn't, no. So, uh, so when I went home after that, like, I fucking told my wife, I was like, oh, my God, they, they got me on these meds that you didn't tell me that, like, might affect fucking my, uh, us fucking and shit. And uh, she was like, how so? And I was like, because this blood pressure medication, supposedly it's a boner killer and shit. And she's like, well, mind over matter. And so... <laughs> if you don't mind, it don't matter. She's like a real coachy type, you know, and she sees a wall. She wants to get the fuck over it and whatnot. So it, it almost in defiance of the medication and shit that night. Well, it was not even that night. It went like on for 14 hours. Like we, the first time we ever fucked, like was our record started off four times fucking in the span of six hours. And that was on the first night we ever had sex. And then I, that's why I fell in love with her. I was like, oh, my God, it's always going to be like this. Right. <laughs> and that remained, that remained the all-time record for a long fucking time, man. Yeah. And there were times where it was like, hey, we did it three times a day, but nobody ever rang that four-time bell again. I was like, I understand. That was the flypaper and shit. Mm. But that fucking night, man, it just, out of defiance, out of like, fuck this you medication. You will not be stopped. Seven fucking times. Wow. Man. So that became the new record and shit like that. So I went back in went to the doctor after I saw, uh, after that, after the seven in one night. Well, it was seven and 14 hours, 16 hours. And so uh, the doctor's like, uh, how is the heart medication going? And I was like, I fucked seven times in one night, doc. And he goes, so I guess it's working out then. Yes. No complaints. So I went back to see him on this trip and stuff. So he asked me, he's just like, how did the, how is the heart medication? I said, they're still fine. Everything fucking works. So I've never had a 
fucking problem. Even if I did, I would have jammed it up there somehow or something like that. But I said it never went anywhere. And taped like it to a ruler? Totally, yeah. absolutely. I would have MacGyvered that shit. Some chicken wire, fucking... So uh, he was like, that's fucking uh, excellent to hear, but I don't want to hear about your sex life anymore. So I got the clear, the good to go. So I'm ready to fucking head to... Nolens. Nolens and shit. Ralph going to be coming out as, as well to come do a cameo. Paging Mr. Herman, Mr. Pee Wee Herman. It's going to be amazing. Oh, my God. I might have to have you do that. <laughs> Such a good idea. Just look into the camera. Um, it's been fun, man. We're getting closer and closer. Now we're in the casting period, which is always like, you know, tough. Everyone's like, I want to be in the movie. And you're like, all right, come on, be in the movie. And they're like, we're shooting it. And like, New Orleans, like, fuck your movie. <laughs> um, you know, and I was like, man, we should have shot in Los Angeles, but it was a budgetary thing. We could shoot in Los sure. Angeles, in uh, New Orleans. Is a lot more for your money, right? But uh, Laura Grinley, who is our line producer on, on Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, was reminding. Jordan Monsanto is a producer on this movie. Like when we did Strike Back, we had double the budget that you guys have. We had fucking bona fide movie stars from the jump in the movie and shit. And we were shooting in Hollywood. She's like, and still every day, we didn't know who was coming in or if we had people in the cameos. And she reminded me, she's like, uh, Carrie Fisher. We didn't know Carrie Fisher was going to play the nun in Strike Back until that morning. Somebody was like, Carrie Fisher's your nun. And I was like, are you shitting me? All right, let's do this. You know? Was she just wandering across the lot one day and yeah. somebody grabbed her and threw a habit on her? No, I told you the story. Like, she, how they got her was interesting as fuck. They reached out to her and they were like, would you like to do a cameo? And I think at that point, this was 2001, they were offering like 5,000 bucks. It was like scale plus a little juice or something like that. 5,000 bucks, that was it. Mm -hmm. like, and and you know, people would say no left and right and shit like that. And the ones that said yes are in the movie. So uh, the ones who said, yes, we're cool. They're like, fucking, I'll do it. 5,000, I don't give a shit. Carrie Fisher was one of those people, but she didn't want the money. So she was just like, keep the money, but I want the production to buy me these two antique beaver chairs that I've had my eye on shit, <laughs> at this antique shop. So the production was like, all right. And so Jane Silent Bob Strike Back bought her these two antique beaver chairs, and that was her payment to come be in the movie and shit. And so when I met her, it's I was like, the like, barter system. So strange. I will act for two chairs. <laughs> I said like Native fucking, Americans. When I, when I met her, I was just like on the set that day. I was like, uh, excellent to meet you. I've been a huge fan my whole life and shit like that. And I was like, I, I heard we had to buy you beaver chairs to get you into the movie. And she's going, yeah, I thought you would appreciate the irony. <laughs> Um, so yeah, man, fucking, why did I get onto that story in the first place? We talk about casting Jane Silent Bob right. reboot. So it was, it was, there, her point was like, it was fucking difficult on that movie. Now I, through, you know, 18 years later, I see it through the prism of like the cast that we had. And I was like, oh, we always had that cast, but we didn't. It came together every fucking day and stuff. And so this same thing. Show here. shall this come together. Absolutely. Sure. But it's coming together nicely, man. There's, I would love to tell you some of the people we've cast, but they're, they're waiting to make like an announcement. But we got like, they, 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 they. who are they? Well, our, intimidating. our financial partners, oh, Saban and uh, Universal. So they're like, you know, I've spent like the last two months going like, we're making the movie before they made the official announcement. <laughs> so now they're like, how about you shut up and we'll make announcements and shit. <laughs> So, yeah, and there's some cool fucking people to, to it's it's shaping up. It's, it's a funny fucking movie. And sometimes when you can't get people you want, 
you're suddenly forced to be like, ah, oh, fuck, rewrite, and it gets funnier. Right. So, so you, not every problem is a problem. Some problems create solutions that actually improve the movie and stuff. But we're in that weird period right now where it's just like, is this person in? Go to the next person. Is this person in? Go to the next person. And, shit like and when do you start shooting? What's the actual date? February 25th, which is the one-year anniversary of my heart attack. So oh, it's like wow. the kind of big fuck you to the heart attack. Yeah. We're making a movie. Then you should fuck the movie seven times in one night. Yeah. Really show who's in charge. That's right. That's man. right. Suddenly I die of a heart attack. <laughs> Doing what he loved. <laughs> Let's kick the show off the way we do each and every episode by talking to you folks out there in the audience who are celebrating special occasions or traveling particularly long distances for this tonight. It's a segment called The Shoutouts. It's a shoutout with Kevin and Ralph, so get your cock out. Yeah. Get your cock out. Doctor's orders right there, you man. always do that. Fucking A. He cleared me for that, Dr. Leidenheim. He's like, go in public, suck a mic like it's a dick. That's why I saved your life. Yes. If you put a stent in your throat, you could go all the way down. <laughs> Chris Michelson and Courtney, are you guys here? Hey, wow. hey, kids, right up front. My name is Chris, attending your Oxnard show in February with my beautiful wife, Courtney. I'll be the judge of that. You're right. Yes, she is. Uh, we're not only celebrating one of our few date nights following the birth of our baby boy, Logan, back in November, but oh. we're also celebrating the news of my stage four lung cancer going into remission. Congratulations, Chris. <laughs> Fuck cancer. Yeah, man. Wasn't it? Nice to get some good news. An embarrassment of riches, man. Like cancer going away, new kid. This is phenomenal, man. Yeah. Fucking everything's coming up Millhouse. Well done. <laughs> It was this very podcast that Kevin was so open about his turn to a vegan lifestyle, so I was willing to follow suit and a vegan diet, and the advice to avoid sugars assisted in eradicating the uh, four-centimeter mass that was in my right lung. Are you shitting me? Getting rid of sugar shrunk the mass as well? See, man, sugar's like, I mean, I know it's poison. People, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it's sweet and yummy, but yes. <laughs> it's, don't get me wrong, it's delicious. Yeah, I wouldn't lead with poison, but yeah, I'd put it in the top three. Yeah. yeah. We're not supposed to eat as much as we do, if if any, really. You're not supposed to eat any refined sugar, really, at all, right? Is that right? Yeah, that's what they say. Oh, the white sugar? No it's bueno. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, no request for anything. Just congratulations. I'm glad, glad for you. Let's give a round of applause for Chris and being healthy with his new kid. Oh, it's lovely. Uh, Aaron and Molly, are you guys in the, another right up front team? Here we go. My name is Aaron. I'll be tending the show with my wonderful girlfriend, Molly. I'll be the judge of that. She seems wonderful. The last time we were at a live Babylon show, we were just starting our first semester of college together and had been together for just three months. Now it's over three years and we're Aww. starting our final college semester. Oh, this is so fucking sweet, man. You guys stayed together through college? All the wasted opportunities. <laughs> Can you imagine? What, did you meet when you went to college? Yes. Before been, college, right? Right at first week at of college. college. Where did you come from? Newberry Park. And where'd you come from? Uh, Covina. 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 Wow. Where? <laughs> Don't mock Covina. It's a perfectly acceptable town. Those are pretty far away. So you would never have met each other if you didn't go to college. Now you've met each other and presumably you've been fucking for three, three long hard years, man. 
That's fucking romantic. They've probably been studying as well, Kevin. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. But yes. what we want to talk about is the fucking. Uh, Aaron writes, it still cracks me up that our relationship started while discussing the three-nippled fortune teller from Mallrats. Oh, my God. Thank you for You're that. You're bringing people together with your stuff. I, I tell you, man, one point, like I was, uh, we talked about Pornhub earlier. I used to... I used to go to what was it called? You view view com, which was also a kind of like porn hubby thing that was all amateur porn. Mm. People put up their amateur porn and shit. Yeah. And so I love that. When I when yeah. I oh I Me too. Oh fuck fuck professional porn. Right. I wanna see like fucking real people. I wanna see like did I go to high school with that fucker? Like that's a turn the, the on. People are shit. real. Totally. The cases are real. Oh, fuck. The people's porn. Fuck, yes. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> what was the bell? The vagina's now entering the courtroom. <laughs> the bell's name was Rusty, as in Rusty, Rusty the Wagon bailiff. Wheel. That's right. Um, but, Doug uh, Llewellyn. I was sitting there going, uh, 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 fuck, what was I talking about? <laughs> Can't help what you. Were we at the beginning about? of the story. What were we talking you, about? You used to go to UView too. Oh, watch, yes. to watch amateur porn. We got onto the people's court, and I was like, "This is fun," and I forgot I was telling a story. So I watch a lot of fucking homemade porn and shit like that. Right. Like you know, and it's not like, "Oh, I want to watch that again." There's so many fucking clips. You never have to watch the same collect one. Collect them all. I say. Not even collect. Just fucking like burn through. <laughs> And it's so weird because you're like getting this glimpse into all these like private lives and right. shit like that. So strange. They're all swingers and shit. But one couple, man, was fucking, and I swear to Christ, Mallrats was on in the background. It was probably them in their it dorm room. You guys. Yes. Three nipple fucking fortune teller. Aaron says the last show we attended, Harrison Ford gave us advice about starting college. So I was wondering if we get his wisdom about our final months in school as well. Thanks for all the free funny that has kept us entertained on all of our adventures. Sure, I'm sure Harrison Ford can stop by and give you a few words. Hold on, let me shoot this shit. <laughs> um, when you go in the when you're in college, you know, you want to just run, fuck other people. <laughs> There you go. There's his advice. <laughs> Matt and Kevin H., are you guys here? Hey, kids. How are you? Kevin wrote this one. He said, my best buddy Matt and I will be attending our second Babylon show at the Levity Live in Oxnard. I was hoping to get a shout-out for him as it's his birthday on February 15th, and he's had a couple of health issues recently. He's had a rough year. And I know he would love it if you could send some happy thoughts and jokes his way. At the age of 30, Matt had to do battle with testicular cancer. Oh. I'm happy to say he kicked its ass with the help of some surgeons and chemotherapy. Yeah. He even got to keep one of his balls. <laughs> That's great. Fucking A. Your ball got a round of applause. I think, honestly, you should be able to keep both. You should be able to keep everything they take off. Of Not in a jar, Kevin. Yes. He, no, he got. He kept it. He still. He still has it attached to him. Yeah, but the yeah. one that did, that he didn't get to keep, right. he should have been able to keep as well. You should be given the option of like, you want to keep this or not. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. I'm taking it home, putting it on a shelf, and be like, look what I fucking did. <laughs> what did you do? 
convince them to give me a piece of my body instead of throw it away. Paperweight. What do they do with that stuff? Uh, it all gets disposed of, uh, I believe, incinerated. Yeah. Well, they just like, feed waste. it to the sharks or something like that. Human chum. <laughs> I don't think a lot of hospitals in Wisconsin have any sharks nearby to feed. <laughs> That's your argument? Like, fucking. I mean, shark like food? Anything you could say, you're like, but what about the Wisconsinites? Well, shark food seems like it's a long way to haul it from the center of the country to find a shark somewhere in an ocean. Might be easier just to fucking burn it right there where you are. <laughs> I know, but fucking circle of life, man. Like, fucking let the shark eat it. They gotta eat something. Good okay. point, Kevin. Once again. <laughs> crystallized all of our thoughts feed body parts to sharks uh he got to keep one of his balls and it's been uh, it's been tough on him but he took it like a man and even managed to make a few jokes about it says kevin he proudly states now he has a 50 percent less chance of getting kicked in the nuts yeah it's an excellent point <laughs> that's awesome I asked him what song or voice he'd like to hear for his birthday, and he would say, he said he would like the dynamic duo of Adam West and Bane to sing him happy birthday. Oh, my God. If it's not too much trouble, can, my birthday's on the 23rd. Can a guy shout out as well? No. <laughs> How many have, balls do you have? Yeah, really? You have both of them? Fuck off. One ball, one song. That's right. Two balls, two songs. <laughs> Adam West and Bane singing happy birthday to Matt. Okay. Happy birthday to you. To you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. To the one bald boy. <laughs> Happy birthday, dear Matthew. Sounded like you dropped a deuce right there. <laughs> Did you pinch that one down the bat pole? Happy birthday to you, but not that friend of yours. <laughs> there you go. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. Uh, Eric Sanchez, are you in the house tonight? Hey, Eric, how are you? Myself and my coworker, George, along with his wife, Kathleen, will be at the Oxnard show. Yeah. Bow down, bow. Yeah. The threesome is now entering the courtroom. Is that what we're, yeah. Eric, yeah. George, and his wife Kathleen? But when we were talking about the people's court before, was that also a dirty thing? How high are you? <laughs> I just couldn't remember. Was it a was it a the sex people's thing? porn? Was the joke That's right. from earlier? Right. So yes. it's, it's like a so callback. Like, it is exactly a callback. It's not like a callback at all. It's an absolute callback. It was good. It was good. <laughs> Sorry, I shined a light on it. I need to get cue cards for this show for you from now on. Someone just write down what we're talking about in the back of the theater and hold it up for you. <laughs> we are celebrating my birthday, and what better way to celebrate than to share great, share great laughs with new friends. I'm here in California for work. And I had to leave my girlfriend, Rose, and my hetero life mate, William, back, back both in Texas. 
This is, lot, this is like fucking Dallas or Dynasty. <laughs> it's a lot of relationships. A lot of fucking story going on here. Can the Germans please tell Rose and William how much I miss them and I'm sorry for partying without them? Of course they can. That's what they do best. Convey lovely messages. Josh. Yeah, yeah, we are not Nazis. Nine, nine Nazis. Nine, we are nine Nazis. Nine or ten. <laughs> So if I have this correct, you want me to uh, say hello to Rose and William in Texas? Yeah, they're not here. They're not here. They're in Texas. Yeah. Oh, I love that Texas. Yeah. It's going to be even better when the wall gets built. Yeah. Yeah. Because then the stars at night are big and bright. They won't be seen in Texas. Because the wall is so big. Right, it's a big wall. Yes. It blocks off the sun. So, uh, Eric... Mr. Burns' device. <laughs> Eric Sanchez, uh, this rose you speak of, is she yellow? Because it's Texas. See? I said this was a pee-pee joke. <laughs> Shiza, pee-pee. Rose and William... Uh, Eric is here. He misses you very much, but he has new friends named George and Kathleen, and we're pretty sure they're going to shtup later on. Yeah. One of them is a dirty cock. <laughs> and they're now entering the people's porn. <laughs> he still doesn't remember. Avita Zayn! Hello, lovers. Ralph Garman here. And when I say lovers, I'm talking to you guys because it is, of course, Valentine's Day coming up this week. Wow, the pressure's on, right? How do you show the person you love how much you love them with the perfect Valentine's Day gift? You can always go with the uh, candlelit dinner out, the uh, bouquet of flowers, of course, but they're kind of traditional. But something delivered to the house just for that person? Well, that's the difference between a text and getting a Valentine's Day card in the mail. It's a little extra effort, a little special. Well, here at the Garmin household, the special thing I like to deliver to my wife and my daughter, they're both my Valentines, is of course, Sherry's Berries. You can never go wrong with Sherry's Berries signature dipped Valentine's strawberries. They're dipped in milk, dark or white chocolatey goodness, and your Valentine will fall in love with every bite they're topped with these decadent toppings like chocolate chips and heart and glitter sprinkles. They're always fresh, they're always tasty, and they're always worth the wait. And they go great with that candle at dinner or that bouquet of flowers or a night on the town. This is Valentine's Day made easy. Sherry's Berries arrive fresh with the 100% Sherry's Berries guarantee. They ship nationally anywhere, so if your Valentine is a long-distance love, you can give them something sweet too. But you gotta get on it. Valentine's Day is just days away. Send the Valentine's gift of his or her dreams at the price of your dreams, starting just $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Plus, if you order now, you can make this Valentine's really special by adding a dozen red roses for just $19.99 more, shipped with your Sherry's Berries at no extra charge. Go to berries.com, click on the microphone, and enter our code BABBLE at checkout. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S, berries.com. Click the microphone and enter our code BABBLE. Order today. Make the person you love happy with Sherry's Berries. Leslie and Joseph from Santa Maria. 
Wow. You guys drove all the way from Santa Maria? Where is that? That's way north of here. Is it? What's yeah. it near? Santa Barbara. Yeah, Santa Barbara. That I've heard of. Yeah. It's a long ways away. Why is Santa Barbara more famous than Santa Maria? Santa Maria is easier to say. What? Because it's, it's better. better. Uh-oh. Did you fucking hear that shit? You're going to let her get away with that? Represent Santa Maria. It's the Battle of the Santas. Yeah. yeah. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Barbara versus Maria. It's like your aunt's having a fight. <laughs> My husband Joseph and I will be attending your show all the way from San Maria, writes Leslie. I'm a first-year teacher. <gasps> Shaping young minds. Where? Santa Maria? Don't say. <laughs> uh, where? In the hood. In the hood. What? Oh. Now you want some credit and shit. Yeah. What, year one? What grade? Seventh and eighth graders. Would they get a Pornhub joke? Oh, They yeah. would, right? Yeah. Fifth graders, though, right over their fucking heads. Wow, seventh and eighth graders, you're teaching them math? They don't fucking care about math mm -hmm. at all. Wow. Are you going back next year to teach? Really? No other options? You're a brave lady. I would, fuck, I would quit that shit. That's the noble work. It man. is. We went into the self-serving work. She's doing the noble work. Give God it up to the teacher, right. ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear it for teachers. They do everything and get paid nothing. Teaching is everything from rewarding to chaotic, writes Leslie. At the no end bad. of the day, I come home to Joseph, who continues to love and support me. What, what do you do for a living, Joseph? You work at Best Buy. Now you're doing the Lord's work, God damn it. <laughs> Because when I need a fucking printer cartridge, I'm going to Joseph because he can help me out. True. Leslie's like, oh, let's do some algorithms. Fuck no. <laughs> Joseph's my man. To be fair, though, she teaches the kids the math they'll need to operate shit at Best Buy. To operate an adding machine from the 50s? That's what she's teaching them to do. It's like a calculator. It requires number work. No? <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those nights, folks. <laughs> Leslie writes, it would really make our night if we could hear Donald Trump sing Creep by Radiohead. <laughs> oh. All right, I'll sing a little of Creep as Donald Trump, but because it's Donald Trump, I need to change the lyrics just slightly, okay? Give me a little music there, Josh. Because you're a creep, okay? You're a loser. What the hell are you doing here, okay? You don't belong here, all right? That's why I'm building a wall, okay? It's gonna be really hard. <laughs> okay, that's it, that's enough of that. Veronica and Manny, are you in the house? Hi, kids. My name is Veronica. My boyfriend Manny and I are seeing the podcast. Looking forward to seeing you for the third time. We are bringing my dad to celebrate his 64th birthday. Where's dad? Hey, dad, how are you? Happy 64th. It's a fucking killer beard, sir. Yeah. Excellent beard game. Uh, last year when Kevin had his heart attack and described the event, I mean... You're not going to fucking stop and pay attention to that beard and shit? Look at that beard. It's a good beard, yeah. 
I thought you covered that for both of us. I thought I you wanted you to co-sign it. He yes. co-signed yes. it. It's all good. He Absolutely. was looking at it. You're like, what's the matter with my beard? No, it's an excellent beard. It's, it's fantastic beard. It's really. <sighs> Last year, when Kevin had his heart attack and described the event, I immediately thought of my own father, who had a similar experience when he had his heart attack, <gasps> minus the calming weed. Yeah. That helped. It did help. Um, wow. You, like me, you survived. Fucking heart no, attack, No, no, Kevin, he didn't. It's weird. <laughs> Ghost Dad? Ghost Dad. Coming this fall to the CW. <laughs> when my dad had his attack, he kept insisting he had indigestion and everyone was making a big deal about the gas until his ER doctor told him that relief he felt after the nitroglycerin tablets was a clear indicator of a heart attack. How you doing these days, Dad? Pretty good? Yeah, yeah all right. You got a great beard. Yeah, man. <laughs> My dad used to be a power lifter, and I was hoping that Arnold Schwarzenegger could wish my dad a happy birthday from Veronica, Manny, and Fat Boy. Where's Fat Boy tonight? Why? He didn't want to come? He's only five? You should have brought him. Kevin could teach him about Pornhub. You call your five-year-old Fat Boy? Way to toughen him up at a young yeah, age. That's, that's great. That won't leave any psychological scars at all. I'm sure he'll be very well adjusted. Maybe by the time he's able to understand the term, like, fat won't be a negative thing and shit like that. And so he'll be like, oh, it was always a cute nickname. <laughs> Back but in the that olden doesn't times. fucking happen, the kid's going to come home one day and be like, why? <laughs> why not just your boy? That's, that's a nickname that'll stick, too, by the way. It's one of those. No doubt. Eventually, it'll just be FB, but still, everyone's going to know what it means. I was Lunchbox for 30 years. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger wishing a happy birthday to, uh, what's, your, what's your dad's name? Edmund. Edmund. As in the Fitzgerald? Deep cuts pole, The only man. Edmund I could think of, really. Yeah, a little yeah. Gordon Lightfoot right there. Exactly. People all died and they all stopped and died and they drowned and they can't be a-breathing. Whatever the lyrics were of that song. Keep fucking going. That was magic, man. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger wishing Edmund a happy birthday. Ah, Edmund, yeah, you used to power lift like I used to. But now you can lift incredible weights with that beard of yours. It's so strong. But what instead you should have lifted with your heart muscle. That would have made the heart muscle strong. That's what I do every morning. I swallow tiny weights. And I <laughs> <laughs> and I force my organs to work out inside my body. No, it's true. My liver has like a giant bicep now. It's incredible. The inside of my body looks like the Mr. Universe competition. Except for my penis. It won't lift anything. Except for my maid. <laughs> All right, happy birthday, Edmund. It's fine. Do me a favor before we move on. Yeah. Do a little wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald as Schwarzenegger. As Schwarzenegger? Uh, the people are died and they sank on the ship, and the people are died and they're no more. How much do you want that to happen in real life now? <laughs> I wish I knew the actual lyrics to that song. I just know the tune that goes on and on and on did and you, on. Did and you on. make up those words? Yes. <laughs> Couldn't you tell? <laughs> they were nonsense. They were Gordon Lightfoot good. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of music, Justin and Steve, are you guys here? Are you? Hey, kids. My name's Justin. I'm bringing my brother from another mother, Steve, to your Oxnard show as a birthday present. He has never seen or heard Babylon before. That's an excellent present for him. How's it going so far, Steve? You like, you like it? it? All right. Steve's a musician. I was wondering if David Bowie could sing him happy birthday and let him know what an awesome friend he is. Thanks for all the years wow. of laughter and babble the fuck on, writes Justin. What a nice gift, taking Steve to a show he's never heard of. You don't know if he's going to like or not. And having a bad impersonation of David Bowie sing him happy birthday. You're a giver. You are. You're a friend. All right, a little music for uh, Steve on his birthday, Josh. Happy birthday to you, Steve. We hope you like your presents. Happy birthday to you, Steve, from your good friend, Justin. Happy birthday to you, Steve, celebrating here in Oxnard. Happy birthday to you, Steve, you are an awesome friend. Happy birthday to <laughs> <laughs> How close did I come to your mouth at all? No, it's all, all ear. All ear. All ear. I was trying to go mouth. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're good. Use the force, kid. <laughs> we also get emails from all around the world. Josh? Ain't no drag. Gavin's got an email back. <laughs> Featuring Kevin's reactions. That's right. Let's hear it for uh, Josh Roush, by the way, on the sights and sounds of tonight's show. Dr. Josh. Thank you so much, Josh. It's good to be back. Oh, thank you, doctor. Mm. That's good booze. Um, this first email, one of my favorite. You right? Is that a fuck ton of sugar in it? Can I get an unsweetened iced tea, oh, please? Oh, uh-oh. I don't know what's going to happen now. Holy it's fuck. It's be like fucking Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm sugared. Dr. Leidenheim? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, th that's wow. I haven't had sugar in a long... Fuck. <laughs> Why did I leave you? No, no! Um... This new segment in the emails we've been doing lately is people who have heard the wrong lyrics all their whole lives for popular songs, and then they find out what they truly are, and they're heartbroken. This is a good one. Duncan McDonald sent this in. This is about uh, Club Nouveau's cover of the great Bill Withers song, Lean On Me. Remember in the 80s when Club Nouveau had Lean that sort of... Me. Yeah, but they did like an up Lean art, like almost a reggae yeah. version. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was a big hit in 1987. In fact, it won the Grammy Award for the best R&B song. And he said he could never understand in the song why they were bragging about being German. <laughs> if you ever heard the song, you know that they were saying, and we be jamming. <laughs> Duncan McDonald, for his whole life, thought they were bragging about coming from Germany. That's funny. Let's hear that clip, shall we? Exactly. 
Duncan was so sad when he found out the truth. Uh, Justin Castaneda sent in this photo. He said, I'm glad you're finally rolling on Jay and Silent Bob reboot. He said, back when the movie was first introduced, do you remember there was a T-shirt contest for the movie via Hot Topic? Sure was, sure is. He said, I submitted an entry, but I never heard of the, it was a winner of what happened after the deadline. But I thought you would like to see it. Here's the entry that I sent in. And I was so impressed by his art. I thought we'd all want to see it. There we go. Oh, that's gorgeous. Isn't that nice? Wow, that's really great. He did good work. Snooch to the reboot. You got an uh, an email there? I can find it for you, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm always in the market for good artists. I wish I could fucking draw. If I could draw, I wouldn't fucking inflict these horrible movies on everybody. <laughs> so I love good art. I love some, somebody who can Wouldn't draw. it be magical if you could put pencil or pen to paper and come up with something like that Bro, out of your head? You that'd don't be, know. That would be like a magic trick. Could you imagine how amazing it would be to be able to tell a story without being like, give me $20 million in Ben Affleck? Like, that would be really amazing. So, yeah, I wish I was an artist. Thank you. We also ask folks to send in photos of towns near where they are with fucked up names. Mmm, bland. <laughs> <laughs> now that's living right there. Oh, right yeah. There. That tea is iced. <laughs> uh, we didn't want to spend too much time coming up with a name for this segment, so we just call it Your Town's Got a Fucked Up Name. Your town's got a fucked up name. Brian in the UK wrote in this email said, I heard about your UK tour. I guess we didn't even mention that yet, have we? It just broke this week. Uh, we're going to be taking Hollywood Babylon, for those who are listening, over the, over the sea, as it were, mm. to the UK. We're going to do uh, London and Birmingham and Manchester, Edinburgh, Scotland, and then also we're going to Ireland. We're going to be Ireland. We're going to be in Dublin as well. Please don't do that while Ireland. We're don't do that while we're there. Boy, Ireland. <laughs> So uh, if you're I'm listening, a I'm a person up on my accent. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Preparation. You're going to fit trip. right in. You're going to be like a local. <laughs> um, if you're listening to the show and you're over there, you can get your tickets now, I think, for that. He said, I heard about your UK tour and I thought you might know want to know where the nasty girls are. Kevin Ralph in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thought of that right now. Yeah, did you? Just a hair late, maybe? We're coming sometime in May, B, because we're coming in May. B. Uh, heard about your UK tour. Thought you might want to know where the nasty girls are, so he sent us the name of this town near him. Literally called Nasty is the name of the village. All the girls there are nasty girls. All of them, yeah. They probably never hear that joke. And the boys either. are nasty boys. Or Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am confused by Japan. I, um, I don't uh, understand it. And so periodically I ask the respectful question, what the fuck Japan? We don't have that. But tonight is not one of those nights. <laughs> I was ready. I just want to point I, out. I, as was I. Um, actually, it's, it's good that we don't have that jingle because really what tonight is about is an apology to Japan. Because almost on a weekly basis, I've been known to take a shot or two at their culture. And I think in this particular uh, case, given the, lo the recent news, I have to apologize for Japan for America's behavior. And by America, I'm talking about Ariana Grande. Oh. I don't know if you're familiar with this story or not, but uh, Ms. Grande has a smash hit single that she released called Seven Rings. And she, she was so happy that it debuted at number one. She said, what better way to celebrate 
than to appropriate the culture of someone else. And so she took it upon herself to get a, uh, to get the Japanese characters tattooed onto her palm of her hand. Oh. The Japanese characters, the letters that spell out seven rings, she put it on her hand. Here's a picture of it, by the way. That's, that's what the, the tattoo was. And she thought it would be bitching, she said, to have a, a Japanese tattoo on her hand. Now, what the problem was is many people who actually speak the language pointed out that it did not say seven rings at all. Those characters actually said small charcoal barbecue grill. <laughs> People are like, uh, hibachi? <laughs> and so she was embarrassed, and she felt like an idiot, rightly so. And so she said, well, fuck that. I'm going to fix this. And so she, got, she added some characters to the tattoo to make it all better. And then this is what it looked like. That's the new tattoo over there on the, on the right. And now it's all better, because now it says, small barbecue finger. And people are saying to her, that's what you get when you practice what they say in Japan as a bunka no tuyu, which means cultural embezzlement. She said, maybe you shouldn't be writing Japanese characters on your hands if you don't speak the language and you don't know anything about the culture. I guess, or get a Japanese friend and write it on paper. Like, is this right? <laughs> yes. Before you put it on your palm. So she's very pissy about it. And she has said now she's taking down all the merch on her website that has Japanese written on it. She goes, not that anyone has cared to notice. And she also said, I'm no longer studying Japanese. So she'll show them. She's turned her back on an entire nation? <laughs> yes, because we made fun of her stupidity. Well, I, would, I would like to say that Ariana Grande is acting very small, eh? Oh, no, you didn't. Thank you. Coined it. By the way, shouldn't the time for studying Japanese been before she decided to get the tattoo? Isn't it a little late for her to study Japanese now? And also, is it counting as studying Japanese if you just like Hello Kitty a lot? Like <laughs> yes, that's true. doesn't work at all. We love when folks send in photos of things meant for kids, boys, girls, children of all ages. They're supposed to enjoy it. And then when you look at it more closely, you realize these are inappropriate toys. This one was sent by someone who's here tonight, Veronica. Is that the same Veronica we were talking to earlier? It's Veronica, thanks for sending this in. She said, I wanted to send this in. This is a poster advertising a chocolate-dipped churro at Disneyland. What happened? <laughs> People started mumbling in the, uh, in the crowd. Good, man. A poster advertising the chocolate-dipped churro at Disneyland said, however, the positioning of the churro in the poster and the use of Mickey Mouse is definitely not very kid-friendly. It does seem like in this picture... <laughs> you can really oh my see God. it. Looks like Mickey's got a big red dick, and he needs to see a doctor, that's for sure, because whatever's coming out of Mickey, that ain't right. Who's the leader of the club? <laughs> This red thing is fucking ejaculating. <laughs> but like crude oil. It's very yeah. strange. But at least he's on brand, red and black. Like that's, that's what it right. is. That's right, yeah. Uh, this next toy came from Michael Myers in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. He said, I found this piggy bank. Which on one, the comedian or the killer? <laughs> I'm guessing neither. That's my guess. Uh, he said, I'm founding this, this piggy bank. It's a Miss Piggy Bank. He said, what do you think Kermit would think about where they put the coin slot? I don't know about that, but... <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. You, uh, you put the coins right there in her tits. Yay! Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine she's looking more for dollar bills than coins, but... <laughs> yeah, she's a whore. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Quarters, fuck you, frog. <laughs> and lastly, Jimmy Segreto sent this in. Do you remember an old toy? I don't know, maybe it wasn't around when you were a kid, but it was when I was, called Crazy Foam. Yeah. You used to play that. with it in the bathtub. You used to have like super Spider-Man's face on a Captain America. They had superheroes and yeah. you'd spray it. It was like a foam you washed up with in the bathtub, but you could also play with it. Well, it's back in a big way. And Jimmy Segreto says it's fun to play with, but you have to be careful how you leave it on the side of the tub. And he sent it in this Wonder Woman dispenser as an example. Yeah. It's just <laughs> not exactly what kid friendly, I think, when Wonder Woman looks like she just blew Steve Trevor. <laughs> Apparently, she was not in no man's land. Oh, what happened? <laughs> Thomas the train. I'm just going to move on. Nothing personal. <laughs> From time to time, we like to talk about folks who left us and left behind bodies of work that we'll enjoy for many years to come. They are our Tinseltown Stiffs. And now, another edition of Tinseltown Stiffs. They will be missed. Horror movie fans were mourning this week when they found out that one of their great stars had passed away. Julie Adams, who had a ton of uh, work, man. She had a 50-year career, but she still was best known as the creature from the Black Lagoon's girlfriend, basically. It was The Creature of the Black Lagoon, if you never saw it. It was a universal monster movie. And it was basically King Kong with a fish. Yeah. They find this gill man in this swamp, and he kind of falls in love with this girl, and he kidnaps her and takes her, and they have to try to get her back. It's kind of the weight of water. Yeah, exactly. The shape of water, yeah. Shape of water, that's it. A sequel is the weight of water. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Guillermo del Toro said that, of course, he paid a lot of attention to that film when he was putting together his film. Uh, She was 92 years old this week when she passed away. Wow, fucking huge, long life. She started working in 1949, so I was wrong. I said she had a 50-year career. She had a 70-year career, I guess, because she was working up till the end. Worked really? With the, she worked up till the yeah. end? Yeah. Worked with Elvis Presley, Dennis Hopper, Jimmy Stewart, a ton of work on television. She recently on CSI New York, so um, she had a, a long, healthy career. But for those who know her best, here's a little piece of Julie Adams from The Creature from the Black Lagoon. That's good. How are you getting it? Just slip the bar to the ring. Hurry, Dave. Almost got it. Larry! <laughs> <laughs> he got it! He got it! No, don't shoot! Don't shoot! Oh, you might hit K! The 50s were all about screaming but not running. That was the answer for a lot of girls in horror movies. Just stay there. Don't try to run away. Just scream. Um, so iconic, though, man. Yeah. Like, it, I, I know she had a long career, but wow. To have, like, one of those under your belt early in your career, like, that lived forever and stuff. And I saw she leaned into it. It's not like she avoided it. She no. would go to cons and stuff like that. Yep. 92, though. Big bucket of wind. Give it up for her, man. That's Absolutely. awesome. Icon. Speaking of icons, one of the great post-war British actors, Albert Finney, has passed away at 82. Boy, was he a great, he was fantastic. great, great actor. And really one of those guys who came of age in the 60s in England. There was Michael Caine. There was Peter O'Toole. There was Richard Burton. There was a group of them in the sort of post-war generation in England. 
who all wanted to be movie stars, but he never did. He would shy away from anything that smacked of movie star. He wanted to play characters, and he was kind of a chameleon, did a bunch of different roles. There was no real Albert Finney type because he played so many different kinds of things. You know, Very true. He uh, became a movie star in 1963 in a movie called Tom Jones. Not about the singer, but uh, uh, he was a Kubrick movie. Yeah. He was nominated for, um, actually, Tony Richardson, I think, directed that. Did he? Am yeah. I wrong? Yeah, I think so. Um, five Oscar nominations. He was offered Lawrence of Arabia, but he turned it down because he didn't want to be a movie star. Lawrence of Arabia, that's a Kubrick film. <laughs> I think that was, yes. <laughs> he was in Murder on the Orient Express as Hercule Poirot. Yes. He turned down the sequel again because he didn't want to be locked in. The Dresser, Under the Volcano, uh, Shoot the Moon, Daddy Warbucks and Annie. Oh, Wolfen, yeah. Miller's Crossing, Aaron Brockovich, Remember Big Looker? Fish. He was in Looker as well. Yeah, the Looker gun, which like froze you and shit. Yep. And you lost time. Uh, Winston Churchill is the, in the Gathering Storm. He was in Skyfall. Um, Aaron Brockovich, of course. Yeah. Uh, Big Fish. He has like that incredible ending scene, which you have to be a fucking robot not to cry at, where he's spoilers dying and shit, and they go through his entire life. Oh my god, it's fucking breathtakingly beautiful. Yes. And my, one of my favorite performances is, uh, of all the versions of Scrooge, of A Christmas Carol, this one, I don't know why it doesn't really get the attention that some of the others do, but it's my favorite version. It's a musical version of A Christmas Carol called this, Scrooge. This is the one that has, I like life. Exactly, life yeah. likes me. Yeah. And he played Ebenezer Scrooge in it, and he plays him as a young man in his 30s, and he plays him as an old crotchety man who hates people. And one of my favorite numbers from that very movie is called I Hate People. It's a great song. <laughs> and here is the late Albert Finney performing as Ebenezer Scrooge in the movie Scrooge. I hate people. I hate people. People are despicable creatures, loathsome, inexplicable creatures, good for nothing, kickable creatures. I hate people. <laughs> so much fun. Such a talent. And uh, Did he ever win an Oscar? No, he was nominated five times. I don't think he ever won. He's fantastic in Aaron Brockovich. Remember he's in Skyfall? He plays what should have been. Like uh, a lot of people he's thought Bond's the dad, Sean Connery basically. part or Bond's dad. But yeah. yeah he's the groundskeeper. The groundskeeper. He was yeah. so good in that as and, well. And uh, also Miller's Crossing, the Coen's Brothers movie. So yes, he's fucking well. amazing in Miller's Crossing. Oh, my everything. God, man. What a loss. Give it up for the great Albert Finney. Yes. Another great actor also passed away recently, Dick Miller. He passed away at the age of 90, one of the great character actors from working for Roger Corman in the 50s in movies like A Bucket of Blood to becoming one of Joe Dante's go-to guys, and he was in uh, Piranha, and then, of course, Gremlins. He plays uh, Futterman in that. He's the guy that talks about Gremlins. Yeah, and he's the one who gets him almost run over by the uh, the tractor yeah. when he's going out to check on the antenna on his roof. And he, he was used by a lot of directors. James Cameron liked him. Scorsese used him. John Sayles, Dante, as we mentioned. And uh, Cameron, of course, used him in Terminator. He's the guy at the pawn shop who sells Arnold Schwarzenegger the guns, the Terminator, the guns when he first shows up. Yes. It's a great little moment. Here is our tribute to Dick Miller. The Uzi 9mm. You know your weapons, buddy. Any one of these is ideal for home defense. So, uh, what shall it be? All. 
And they close early today. There's a 15-day wait on the handguns, but the rifles you can take right now. You can't do that. Remember when Arnold was scary? Before, he's not a tumor! Before that Arnold showed up. Um, I'm pregnant! <laughs> ah, we're twins! Remember all those fucking movies? Um, let's keep it on dick, man. All right, let's keep it on 90, dick. 90? 90. Huge bucket of wind. What I read about him was that he uh, never said no. Like, there was no part that was too small. He's like, I'll come out. I'm an dude. actor. He's like, he liked to work. And because of that, it became like cinematic glue, like was in everything and stuff. Yeah. So that's the key. Always say yes. I mean, if it's a nice offer, if they're like, put my dick, don't say yes. But fucking. That <laughs> yeah, depends. Depends. No. Come um, on. No, no. Ah, uh, got an occasional dick. Let's keep it on the real dick, All Dick right. Miller. All right. Everyone give it up for Dick Miller. 90. What a legend. Big that's a good run. run. Yeah. Did you ever see Bucket of Blood, by the way? His first film, the Roger Corman film? I don't think so. He stars as like this mealy little psychopath who accidentally kills somebody. And he's a wannabe artist, and he covers the body in a thin layer of plaster of Paris and passes it off as a statue. I think I do remember And he gets great acclaim from the art world and becomes famous and rich, but he needs to make new creations all the time, so now he has to kill people to make into statues. You could totally remake that movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, before we say goodbye to all the Tinseltown stiffs, uh, we lost a great one this week. He was the inspiration for one of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters. Mm. He was the real-life Rocket Raccoon. His name was Oreo the Raccoon. And Oreo was the raccoon they brought in to the digital animators that teach them what raccoons looked like and how they moved. Without him, there's no uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. His face looks like Rocket's face. Yeah, here's a, here's a side-by-side comparison. There's Oreo on the left and Rocket on the right. Such a big part of the movie that uh, James Gunn actually took him to the premiere. They walked the red carpet together. Oh, get out of here, yeah. really? Is that where the picture of him on Chris Pratt's shoulder Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's adorable. So uh, Oreo has passed away. They said he passed away after a very short illness. How old? Uh, does not say here. He was very private about that. Ten years? He was ten years old. Little bucket How of How the wind. fuck do you know how old Oreo the raccoon was? You need to take a long, hard look at your life, sir. That's <laughs> ten. That's ten. Ten years. I got it. I knew that one. That was me. Says the guy who went to his wedding in the Batmobile. That's goddamn right, son. You keep right on memorizing stupid shit, son. It's 66. What do you mean, what year? Uh, we also like to talk about folks in Hollywood who are alive and do good things for other people and get out of the way of their own egos and do something nice for us regular folks. We call those people the Hollywood helpers. Ooh-ah, ooh-ah. More margaritas. Ooh-ah, ooh-ah. Hollywood helper. Uh, uh, uh. Hollywood helper. Uh, uh, uh. Ooh-ah, ooh-ah. Uh, uh, uh. Hollywood helper. Come on now. Hollywood Hollywood helper. helper. Well, once again, Chris Pratt is this week's Hollywood helper. I think such him and Chris a, Evans just fucking trade off every week. He's such a sweet guy, this guy. He seems yeah. like I've never met him. Well, I did meet him once, but he seems like a real fucking sweet guy in real life. He was very nice to me, but a lot of people are and shit. But like <laughs> this fucking, I don't know. Go on with your story. <laughs> you met him. 
Yeah. But you said you'd never met him. Yeah. And then you said he seems like a good guy in yeah. real life. Yes. When you met him, yes. was that in real life, I wonder? I don't know, man. <laughs> as far enough. as I'm concerned, I died Fair a enough. year ago on the heart attack table, so all of this is just a dream. This, this, this could is... be that last dream in that last flickering moment. We're living in Jacob's Ladder right now, <laughs> That's man. right. You're gonna, I'm going to see a tail and be like, what the fuck? Uh, Chris Pratt seems like a good guy in real life. He isn't. He was nice to me, is my point. But we always read stories, and he seems like a nice guy to others. He was also very nice to this little nine-year-old girl named Emmeline, who was in New York City for her 20-something surgery that she was going through. She's nine years old. Ugh. It's her eighth brain surgery that she was preparing for. Oh, my God. And Chris Pratt caught wind of it and said he would like to visit with her. Showed up a day before her 10th birthday just to say hello and give her some presents and hang out with her for a bit. Um... It was really sweet, and the news caught wind of it because Chris called them and said, I'm going to be there. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know that. I'm making that part up. Good guy with a great publicist. <laughs> yes. And so here's the news story of Chris Pratt and little nine-year-old Emmeline. Well, you mentioned in our birthday list that Emmeline Freeze is celebrating a birthday. The Mount Morris girl is 10 years old today. She's also in New York today, preparing for brain surgery number 28 because of a lifelong medical Jesus. condition. She received quite a surprise visit on the day before birthday number 10. How old are you being? Wow, double digits. Yes, that is Chris Pratt chatting it up with Emmeline. And they took a few pictures. Emmeline got a Early birthday present from Pratt, an wow. autographed Lego Movie 2 Lego set. Emmeline's mom, Stephanie, said Chris was so sweet and humble, and he made Emmeline's day, no question. Love that, that is cool. That's a pretty good birthday present, too. Of course, we're thinking of her today on her birthday, and good luck with it. Wow. Yeah, I think the weather girl would like to get that present, too. She's like, yeah, that's a pretty good present. It's a really like Chris Pratt to stop by and visit me. Here's Bob with sports. It's such a beautiful story, but maybe they picked the wrong guy to tell it because he's like, and Emmeline. And, and Emmeline is, is having many brain surgeries. Twenty-eighth surgery, and she had a surprise <laughs> visitor. Like, would you hurry the fuck up? In Mount Morris, New York, everybody takes things slow, man. Um, Chris Pratt, man, come on. We should all be like that guy. Yes, and we should all get the uh, tie-in to our brand-new feature film that's coming out in theaters everywhere, up and up front and center in the photo op with the Lego 2, the second part toy set in what? the picture. He kind of pushed that in front of her face at one point. Did you notice oh, that? Oh, no. When he held it in front of her he face? He did not. I'm telling you, man. Like you can, you can be a good person and be a salesman. They're not mutually exclusive. All right. Did you ever meet the guy? I did once. Did yeah. you? He was super nice to me, but everyone's nice to me. Hey there, babbleheads. How you doing with your New Year's resolutions? Did you stick to them? You know, you'll be surprised to know that eighty percent of New Year's resolutions fail by February. So odds are maybe you've dropped the ball already. Well, even if your 2019 has gotten off to a rocky start, each new day brings an opportunity to start again. That's the good news. 
you can establish new habits that support your happiest and healthiest self. And how do you do that? With Calm. We're excited to partner with Calm, the number one app to help you sleep, meditate, and relax. If you head to calm.com slash babble, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programs, including guided meditations on issues like anxiety and stress and focus, including a brand new meditation each day called the Daily Calm. There's also sleep stories, which are basically bedtime stories for adults designed to help you relax before you doze off. There's soothing music and breathing exercises and stretches to relax your body and more. Now, for a limited time, Hollywood Babylon listeners can get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash babble. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash babble. Get unlimited access to all of Calm's content today at calm.com slash babble. Give yourself the gift of Calm and a happy and healthy 2019. Acting is sometimes hard, even for the best actors. Not every actor can turn in a great performance every time, but they try. That's all that matters. And sometimes we found they fail. But sometimes bad acting goes all the way around and becomes exquisite acting. To be or not to be, that is the question. Welcome to the world of exquisite acting with Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. This week's exquisite acting comes from Packy. He sent this one in. I had forgotten this movie existed until he reminded me. But it was a favorite of mine in the 80s. Do you remember a horror movie called Dolls? It was about yes. dolls that yeah, came to yeah, life yeah, yeah, at yeah. night in, a, in like a weird mansion with like these, these crazy doll makers. Yes. This was the poster. I always remembered it from the poster. Yes. They walk. They talk. They, they kill. kill dolls. Well, this week's exquisite actor was the star was of this movie. This is a Stuart movie. Gordon movie, man. Brian Yesner, the guys that did Reanimator. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the star of this film is a guy named Stephen Lee, and he is an exquisite actor all throughout this film. But this one particular moment is particularly funny, I think, because uh, the dolls are coming to life, and he recognizes it, and he's trying to get the little girl out of the room, and he does it in the most terrifying way imaginable. He, she, he's scarier than the dolls are, I think. Here is this week's exquisite actor, Stephen Lee. Yes, Ralph? These dolls. They're alive, aren't they? Sure they are. Remember when you talked about toys coming to life tonight? Oh, but Judy, that was, that was just a little story. A true story. Why don't we just get out of here? I don't think they'd like that. Yeah? Well, the hell with them! It's like Bluto leaving the room. Let's get him. Get him. Ah. He's on a roll. Wow, man. That was spectacular. Thanks for going to watch that movie again, though. And we also like to look at mistakes, things that go wrong in movies and TV shows, obvious blunders that someone should have caught before they reach the audience, but they don't. And we call them these things shit that should not be. And now for shit we should not see. Here's some shit that should not be. This week's shit that should not be comes from Chad Kernahan. He said he was... No, 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 no. I'm all good. Thank you. 
He was watching Terminator 2. We were just watching Terminator, now Terminator 2. Wow, there's a theme. It's the scene where Sarah Connor's in the hospital, where she says there's 215 bones in the human body, which is wrong, by the way. Um, it's not accurate? Not at all. But, Terminator uh, 2 is not factual? Not factual. <laughs> but there's a security guard at the hospital, and he goes to get a cup of coffee, and he likes to play a little game called uh, Coffee Cup uh, Poker. Where he goes to the vending machine and the cup comes out and it gives you cards on the outside of the cup. And then you look underneath it and depending on what you get is your fifth card. You see what your poker hand is like. Well, uh, Chad br brings up an excellent point that this guy's just a fucking liar. He can't even, he's such a fucking liar. He can't even tell the truth with no one around when he's talking about the poker hand that he got out of the vending machine. Take a look. There's two jacks, right? Here comes the uh, T2 behind him, by the way. T600, 100,000. What is T1, it? T1000. Those effects still hold up. Right. Aces and jacks. And he's got a queen underneath. Hey, I got a full house. Liar! Goodness. Liar! He got two pairs. I hope someone fucking kills him. I hope he dies. I got my wish. He had two jacks, two aces, and a queen. I love how we all just stopped and watched Terminator for a while. Oh, my God. I got sucked in. I was like, holy fuck, that movie's awesome. You know those are twins, right? He had he brought in those security guys. That wasn't like Mirror. It wasn't a split screen? No, he brought in twins to play those guys. That's so cool. Yeah, that was like, let's, I mean, there are moments in that shot. Of course, there's high tech going on in the shot as the T-1000 forms out of the floor. Right, right. But there's really low tech physical special effects going on. Just one twin going like this to the other twin. It's pretty awesome, right? That's pretty cool. But that fucking him, uh, T-1000 coming up still like works. It doesn't look dated. You're and not... earlier on the scene, his face just rises up out yeah. of the floor. It's pretty cool. It's but my point is, he didn't have a full house. You're right. You're right. So he had two pairs, queen high. Right. Can't believe we got to Terminator 3. He should be murdered, that guy. Well, he was. So he it all worked out. Hardcore. By his twin. <laughs> the reason we get together, of course, is to take a look with all the entertainment news in a segment we call the HBO Headlines. Give me head. Give me head. Give me headlines. And give me head. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Speaking of heart attacks, a lot of heart attack victims here tonight. We've got, uh, we've got Edmund, we've got you, and now Susan Lucci, star of All My Children. Susan Lucci's here? No, she's in this story. The legendary All My Children star. How long has she been on that show? Hey, how long has she been? Ten, ten, uh, the raccoon was 10 years old guy. How many years has Susan Lucci been on uh, All My Children? You don't know. I would say 117. 117. It's a long time, yeah, right? It's been a minute. Um, All those years she didn't get an Emmy, and then she. That was the running Emmy. joke, right? She never got a daytime Emmy. She was like the queen of daytime, but never got an Emmy. And then yeah. she finally got one. And, then and I think she had it surgically implanted into her shoulder so that it's in every picture she'll ever be in for the rest of her life. There's an Emmy right next to her face. Just that had, was a joke. She didn't actually have an Emmy implanted into her shoulder. Way to kick the heart attack victim while she's down. <laughs> So anyway, she's in New York. She feels pressure and pain, which is a warning sign you never got. Never got that. She runs to the ER. They give her a CAT scan or a CT scan, and it comes out 90% blockage in one artery. 90? 70% in the second artery. Mm. <laughs> I know you had 101. I was going to say 90. But if you add them both up, she's got 160 blockage. 
right? Yeah, it's true. I only had 100%. So they had to go Susan in. Susan Lucci beats me again. <laughs> they had to go in and pump her full of stents, and now she uh, feels like a million bucks. But here's the thing, and you have to recognize. Do we have a picture of Susan, by the way, up there? Yep. There, there's the Emory. I told you. <laughs> and she's not smiling, by the way. That's what happens to your face after five facelifts. Just you can't help it. You can't do anything else. Um, she couldn't have been thinner or in better shape, by no. the way. It has nothing sometimes to do with how well you take care of yourself. Genetics. And, oh, sometimes it's genetics. That's what she said. Her family has a long history of uh, coronary disease. And so they now she's working with the Heart American Heart Association to spread awareness of getting tested for heart disease. Is she? Yes. I'm going to use this opportunity to say, I mean, they haven't announced it yet, but we announced it on Monday and the show goes up on like Sunday nights and Monday morning. So it's okay to say. Um, I'm be, it's coming up on the one year anniversary of my heart attack. Yes. Uh, February is uh, heart awareness month. Right. So, uh, WW of which I am a WW ambassador. I know I get to wear a sash and everything and a monocle and a top hat. Totally. Uh, they, uh, WW has teamed up with the American heart association and to celebrate like, Hey, you didn't fucking die. They're doing this campaign where, um, uh, people, make hearts with their fingers, their hands, right, and do it in a photo and stuff. And if you tweet it or Instagram it with the hashtag, get your heart on. You love a pun. I do. A dirty one. Uh, they donate a buck to the American Heart Association. Oh, what so, a worthy yeah, cause really that sweet. is. So it starts on Monday. It's like a month-long thing. So, yeah, tweet it up, man. It's good for heart health and whatnot. Awesome. Great. Yeah. So Susan Lucci's got fucking competition. Yeah. You need to get an Emmy attached to your shoulder, too. Uh, NBC is an... Oh, if good. I ever had an Emmy, I would implant that shit in my chest like Quato. <laughs> Just sticking out. Quaid. NBC has announced they're going to have a, uh, a, a reality competition show. Finally, they're going to have <laughs> a talent competition show on television. Good I've been idea. saying for years... Why doesn't anybody put a, a talent competition show on television? It's going to be groundbreaking. This one is going to be, instead of singing, however, here's the twist. Comedians. Didn't they do this? Yes. <laughs> it was called Last Comic Standing What's for many called? years. This is called Bring the Funny. They're using a dated phrase for the title, apparently. But wait, it gets better. The judges? Yeah. Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> Chrissy Teigen, oh, she's hilarious. Wait, Chrissy Teigen, the model, John Legend's, yeah, the model wife of John Legend, and Keenan Thompson, will who be, is legit funny, will be the uh, judges. He's so that's a genius. One out of three. Here's the thing: if you're if you're on the show and Jeff Foxworthy says you're not funny, isn't that like a badge of honor? Don't you think like you win then? If you're TV. Is on top of another TV. You just might be a redneck. <laughs> Fuck Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> <laughs> if instead of rotating tires on your truck, you rotate cinder blocks, you just might be a redneck. <laughs> How the fuck does that guy have a career? <laughs> He's judging other people's comedy on this show. Um, who's the dude who is uh, Larry the Cable Guy? Yep. Get her done. Yeah. Isn't he from the same... They play? all travel in the same pack. Yeah. Feeding off the blood of virgins. <laughs> Nosferatu. 
Anyway, uh, here's who they're... You can be a solo comic, or they're opening it up to sketch groups, if you want to do sketch comedy, uh, funny musicians, magicians, podcasters, and puppeteers. We should go on the show. We should absolutely go on the show. Yeah. What will we bring? What's our A-game? No, we don't... That's not... Liam Neeson's cock. He fucked that up for us, too. Thank you, by the way. Oh, gosh. I guess you blowing a microphone, I guess, is our strongest uh, bit. That's true. We could do uh, Bowie. You could sing Bowie (laughs) and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that sounds awful. But if you win, you win potentially win $250,000, they say. Oh, that's nice. Quarter of a million bucks. Yeah. (laughs) Right? That that scans. When's that begin? Yeah, this fall. Bring the funny on NBC. I'm setting my DVR. Uh, this Fiji water bitch. You know this girl who's at the, the Golden Globes? Why is she a bitch? She's a snatch. <laughs> She's awful. Why? This is who I'm talking about. If you didn't see the Golden Globes, you missed that out on the fact that Fiji water got this girl to carry a tray of water and then and photobomb celebrities on the red carpet while they were getting their actual picture taken and she would just lean in with the Fiji water and get her picture taken. Yes. And she became an internet sensation. Fuck you, internet! This is her fault. Why? Because, here's what happened. She's suing Fiji water. Yes. Because she said... They're making a lot of money off of my appearance on the on the red carpet. And now they have cardboard stand-ups and stuff, yes. and I want more money. Yes, because they didn't they went above and beyond her contract. They, so she claims yes. well, Fiji Water has countersued yesterday. What did they say? And they said she had an ironclad contract. We were paying her ninety thousand dollars for one year of spokesperson work for Fiji Waters, all inclusive. Billboards, pictures, standees, standing there, whatever. For one year, we got to use her likeness for $90,000. That was the deal. It's a pretty sweet deal. $90,000! Yeah. If that's not enough for you, go right to hell. I think the problem was they, they announced that they made like $12 million in ads. Yeah, so oh. now she wants a bigger piece because it all it was her. Because if some other woman had been holding that trade, this never would have happened. I don't know how I feel about her. this. I don't she was know paid to I do a job. Yeah. She did the job. I agree. You, everybody has a boss. They're her boss. They make more money than her, and she's she's butthurt about it. But I'm sorry. It's just not, that's not the way the world works. You don't get to go back and say, now that you've made money with my work, I need to have more work. So you're saying the Fiji Water Girls argument is all wet. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was doing my Fat Albert dance on that one. Uh, the lawyer says in the court papers, uh, she has bitten the hand that feeds her. Oh, oh, shit. The very company that's entirely responsible for providing her the opportunity and the means to capitalize on her fleeting 15 minutes of internet fame. Ooh, they threw some They're shade, pissed. too. They're yeah. pissed. There it is. 90 grand. That's a pretty good deal, I think. It's pretty, yeah, yeah, it's pretty nice. Yes. If, I would have done it. Fuck. I, I would get a Fiji enema every day of my life for a year for $90,000. Just pump me up full of Fiji. Till I'm a fucking fountain. Till it's coming out of my orify. Let me tell you, man. Like, they could do that for free if they were going <laughs> to. It's Fiji water as long as they warmed it. Right. That's what I'm saying. You don't want cold Fiji up your ass. Fuck no. 
hey, here's news. Mary Poppins is a racist. I don't know if you saw this or not, but... Uh, Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Mary Poppins is a racist. Didn't you hear? No. Yeah, the 19th... 19- is she a governor of Virginia or something? <laughs> no. The ni- but it doesn't involve blackface. <laughs> no. 1964 film Mary Poppins, a uh, professor named Daniel... Dan- excuse me. Professor Daniel Pollock Shithead... No, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Pelsner is his last name. Said that the 1964 film is a racist film and that chimney sweeps in the film are representative of African-Americans. And they know this because at one moment during the film, do we have that picture? Mary Poppins is with Bert the Chimney Sweep. And as a gag, she takes out her compact. Instead of cleaning her face up, she puts more soot on her face to make the children laugh. And they say, that's blackface. She's acting in blackface, Kevin. I, don't, I do, honestly don't think I've seen this movie from top to bottom. But what you just described doesn't sound... No, it's a, it's a sight gag. It's a visual gag. She's yeah, dirty. And so she's... she's supposed to be very prim. So she pulls out a makeup compact. And you think she's going to clean her face. And she ends up putting more soot on it, which is very adorable if you're eight. I think... Um... I th- I think like there are other Disney movies you could look at like Song of the South to be like well clearly right Dumbo yeah there's some yeah, moments the, in some the, of the early Disney films that are a little racially Dumbo, insensitive yeah. I would say this one I I mean again I haven't seen I don't think I've ever seen Mary Poppins really Linda. yeah I you're a was, monster no I just always thought she was pretty racist so. Uh, <laughs> Well, Julie Andrews, sure, we all know that she was a Klan member, but Mary Poppins, the character, I always thought was not racist. I love Julie Andrews. Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews would go to Klan meetings together (laughs) and perform, I heard, to entertain the troops. (laughs) (laughs) Or the hoods, whatever you call them. Boys in the hoods? Boys in the hoods. (laughs) Where are the white women at? This week, I think, was the 35th anniversary of Blazing Saddles with that line I, that I stole Was from. it really? I think so, yeah. Crazy good. I thought you were going to say a boys in the hood. I was like, no, no, no. 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 Uh, where are the white women at is from Blazing Saddles. That's right. what Cleavon Little says in that film. Um, the remakes, reboots, uh, every, uh, sequels, Jesus Christ, make it stop. It's a segment we talk about on the show. We call No Thanks. We already got one. No Thanks. We've already got one We don't need another one It's already been done uh, someone named Lee Wanell, an Australian-born filmmaker, has already been tapped to write and direct the Invisible Man reboot for Universal Studios. No. Now <laughs> <laughs> No. Ray Romano's in the audience. No. 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 Deborah. No. Not the Invisible Man. Invisible. You can't see him. It's not about the kids. Well, he just booked his second big studio reboot project. I interviewed him. What? I interviewed Ray Romano. In real life? Up at Sundance recently. Did you? Yeah, because I was up at Sundance interviewing people for like four days for the IMDb, as right. I've done for the last few years, and I do it at San Diego Comic-Con as well. So he was one of the cats that I interviewed and stuff. Right. And um when he sat down, I desperately wanted to be like, everyone you meet must have a Ray Romano and shit. But I didn't want to make him uncomfortable by being like, no, 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 Deborah. <laughs> Why would you do that to him? I didn't. But what I did was, uh, before I could say anything, he was like, uh, didn't we, didn't we, we met on a commercial once. 
And I was like, no, what? Oh, I'd remember making a commercial with fucking Ray Romano. And he was like, yeah, the poli- political thing. And I thought for a second, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like fucking I did at one point for Norman Lear. Uh, for the uh, he did this get out the vote campaign. Oh yeah, yeah. And there were a bunch of people that we shot with over the course of the day, and he was fucking one. I completely fucking spaced, and he remembered. I was so fucking impressed by that, but he seemed so depressed that I didn't remember. <laughs> <and shit. laughs> like thanks. Bro. Oh no, oh. I'm not important. Yeah. Wow. Wow. He didn't think you were Kevin James, did he? <laughs> <laughs> Could that have been the mistake he made? Yeah, no. 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 It's not the king of queens. No. So this Lee One L guy, who for a brief second I thought that's who I, you were talking about interviewing at Sundance, by the way, early oh, on in that I story. Lee yes. Um, he's doing The Visible Man. Now he's just got tapped to reboot Escape from New York, the John Carpenter classic. Yeah. We don't need that. No, especially because John Carpenter is like kind of said like nobody's reached out to me. They're not. They're not talking about. He's it writing me. the script, and the door is open for him to direct. Say sources. They tell what him. Carpenter's writing the script? No, no. This Lee One L, who's it's doing the, the Invisible Carpenter's Man, Carpenter's got nothing to do with it. Not so far. Right. No, he doesn't. They, he should. No. Yes, absolutely. He should. Especially in light of didn't that Halloween movie do very well? Very well. And he was involved in it in some way. Yes, but they're talking about complete reboot and new new Pliskin and everything. Kurt Russell's on the outs. New Snake Pliskin. I find. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, this is the guy that came up with the fucking idea. Why would you not involve him on? Something I agree. But and he's should. around. And he's. I'd rather see a sequel with Kurt Russell in the role than I would a reboot. Quite I frankly. agree. That's I what agree. I would like to say. Especially to make up for that Escape from L.A. thing. I agree, but they... They owe me one. They did let him make a sequel once, and fucking Kurt <laughs> Russell was riding a surfboard, and so... Yes. It was a tsunami. Yeah, I remember. Oh, oh. Speaking of no thanks, we already got one. We talked about this. They are rebooting Child's Play with uh, Chucky. Yeah. But instead of being possessed by the soul of a serial killer... Chucky this time is an AI robot doll going wrong. Are you shitting me? No. It takes all the, the, the dirty joy out of this film. They changed the fucking the, origin? Oh story? yeah. It's very much very much Why? different. Then just don't call it child's play. Call it like Robo Doll movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> and say it like that. Robo doll movie. Coming this summer. <laughs> Robo doll movie. <laughs> I saw it twice. I would say- Robo doll movie. <laughs> I would pay to see. That. Um, but why call it Child's Play? If you're not it's awful. It. It's all awful. It's bad. So they dropped the trailer this week. You want to see a little teaser trailer for the new Child's Play? Do they do they reveal the AI? They plot? show like the input of the AI thing into the into the doll, and then it goes. Yeah, I'm curious. I'll watch wrong. it. Yeah, all right. right, let's take a look then. At Castle, I'm out. No. We believe that happiness is about more than entertainment. It's about being known, understood, loved. Introducing your new best friend. People, let me tell you about my best Chucky? 
No. <laughs> um, it doesn't look horrible. Oh, stop it. Um, why can't they, though? It can be both, right? Can't it be like AI and the devil? Gets well, they're in bringing it? original Chucky to television. Sci-Fi Network is going to have a Chucky Joss play TV series while these movies are taking it a different direction. Are the TV series sequelizing the movies we know? Yes. All right. Well, everything works out. Then. We got everything. And we get to see uh, Aubrey Plaza murdered, so it all works out. It's all good. <laughs> Who was uh, originally in Child's Play? Who was the... Uh, I don't know. Brad Dourif was the voice of Chucky for many incarnations. Right. I he wonder if he'll there. come back. I and then so. wasn't Jennifer Tilly the bride of she Chucky? She was, yeah. Uh, do you know who B.B. Rexa is? No. B.B. Rexa is a uh, popular musical artist, Kevin. Here yeah. she is a picture of her. Maybe you recognize her from this. Oh, yes. I've seen her on Twitter. And um, many Instagram. people say she has a resting bitch face, which I think is unkind to all those tired bitches out there who are resting. <laughs> Um, she was performing at an event for Spotify. You're familiar with Spotify? Yeah, it's an app. Indeed. And so they had a big uh, pre-Grammy event where they had their people come out and perform. And she was performing to a large crowd, much like this one. And she was singing a hit song of hers. And she said, everybody join me, sing along. And no one sang along. So she lost her fucking mind, stopped the show, and berated the audience for not having enough fun, in her opinion. Whoa. It's nuts. You got to see the video. It's always great when you turn on the audience. Like it's their fault. Yeah. You're not enjoying yourself enough to make my evening pleasurable, she was saying. Oof. Which is her job is the other way around, yeah, right? She's supposed to please them. Here she is uh, losing her mind. She made her band start all over again and insisted everyone sing along this time after Ooh. she berated them. Ooh, sounds like a fun time. That's a bad night out. Yeah, man. With your date when she's yelling at you, you're not singing. This song was number one for 50 fucking weeks, she yelled at them. I, I mean, I can't. There's, it's kind of indefensible to attack the audience. Yeah. So you better fucking sing that Justin Bieber thing tonight or I'm going to fucking come out yeah. there in the audience. Come out to you people. Speaking of which, Justin Bieber, nobody fucking needs ya. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because you're a little cunt. There you go. Take that, BB Rexa. Yeah, really. They did it the first time. Vogue magazine. They had the big get, the big interview with the Biebers, Mr. and Mrs. Bieber. 
Oh, get out of here. Justin and Haley sat down for a big interview with Vogue magazine. With Vogue? Yes. I believe I won't be reading that. <laughs> they got photos, too. Annie Leibovitz shot some photos. Here's one of the two of them. Look at them. Look at those two fucking Mensa members right there, huh? <sighs> you won't believe this interview when you read it. You really, you genuinely won't believe it. The couple, who has been married for four months talks about how difficult marriage is. No, in four months? Holy shit. Marriage is very hard. It's hard, yo. First of all, Haley Bieber, that's the sentence you should lead with. It's really effing hard. They've been married for four months. I've drank all the scissor, yo. Wow, man. Yeah, good luck. Bieber said... Uh, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it's all magical fantasy. It's always going to be hard. It's a choice. You don't feel it every day, though. You don't wake up every day saying, oh, I'm absolutely so in love and you're perfect. That's not what being married is. In the first four months, it is. They're so fucked. Oh, my God. That's like They've when. They've been married that's, for eight minutes. Clearly, they haven't fucked seven times in Apparently one Apparently not. Bieber's need some of that drug you've been taking. Um, that's, uh, yeah, man, fuck. Like, They're already in counseling, by the way. That's a good sign, right? Are you shitting me? I'm so happy. <laughs> I can't wait for them to explode. I mean, look, let's not shame counseling. Uh, no, but if you need it four months in. If you four months in, yipes, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bieber also opened up about his life pre-marriage. He said things were not, not <laughs> good for him. Four months ago, I wasn't married, yo. That's right. He said, uh, I found myself doing things I was ashamed of, being super promiscuous and stuff. Ooh, what does that mean? He fucked a lot of girls. That's what you think it means? I think he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> he's not eating that corn on the cob. I think I used Xanax because I was so ashamed, he said. My mom always said to treat women with respect. For me, that was always in my head while I was doing it, so I could never enjoy it. Oh, poor, poor bastard having sex with all those models, and he couldn't enjoy it because his mom's voice was ringing in his head. Is that what it reads like to you? Yeah. I found myself doing things I was ashamed of, being super promiscuous and stuff, and I think I used angst because I was sure I was ashamed. My mom always said to treat women with respect. For me, that was always in my head while I was doing it. So I could never enjoy it. He is talking about like, mom said be nice. Right. Mom said be nice. And he didn't think he was being nice to what mom said. Coming me, Justin. No, I'm being nice. <laughs> Gotta be respectful, yo. Mama can't help it. <laughs> um, wow, man. Drugs put a screen between me. And what I was doing. No, yeah. I think he's talking about the drugs. Yeah. No, no, that was the sex up till here. But then he talks about doing the drugs so he could have sex with the women. What? Yes, he had to get high to have promiscuous sex because mama was still talking in his ear. Some nights, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, don't do that. <laughs> Be respectful. Put your dick away, Justin. <laughs> it got pretty dark. I think there were times when my security was coming in late at night to check my pulse and see if I was still breathing. We were so close. <laughs> One Xanax away <laughs> from the big party. Good Lord. You would imagine, man, the first fucking year of marriage. Like, it's all fucking rainbows and, and unicorn poop. 
Which well, is delicious, by the way, if you've never tried that. And nowadays, I imagine for like young kids and shit, it's all blowjobs and anal. Like the whole fucking Yeah, time. really? Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Kevin and I are huge geeks, so every week we like to take a look at the geek news. Ruff and Kevin, Ruff and Kevin, Ruff and Kev's Geek News. I gotta be honest with you, man. I was rooting for those kids. I did meet her, though. She seemed very nice. I've never met him, obviously. <laughs> Are you I, sure? I did totally meet her. I was on a show, uh, Drop the Mic. Drop, Drop the, the Mic, mic yeah. Um, and uh, Which is going to be airing soon with Method Man. And uh, she's the co-hostess with Method Man. And so at one point, I was like, hi. Nice to meet you. I'm Kevin. She was like, hello. And then went back to staring at <laughs> shiny things. <laughs> But she's pulling her ponytail nice. in the air. Yeah, she, she's, I, I'm sure she's. I wish lovely. I'd known how she felt about marriage. I could have been like, marriage is hard, right? Yeah, effing hard. Yeah, she yeah. says. She's like, you're so right. They should always lead with that. Effing. <laughs> I was like, if you think it's hard now, wait till you've been married 20 fucking years, man. She said, oh, that won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, that'll never happen. 20 years. What's that? <laughs> Uh, any Legion fans in the audience? People like Legion on FX. It's a pretty good show. Are you watching that at all? I have seen episodes. I think it is uh, very smart. It's Noah Hawley, right? It's the guy that does... Yeah, uh, the Fargo guy. Fargo, Fargo guy, yeah. He uh, is in bed with FX doing a lot of good work over there. And he said that this third season is the last season. It's not going to go any further. For that. those that don't follow the show, this is uh, Dr. Xavier's son. Professor right. Xavier. Doctor. Professor Xavier's son. Uh, 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 who is the lead character. Right. Dan yes. Stevens is the actor who plays him. And this season? And uh, the third season, Noah Hawley said, that's it, we're not doing it anymore. He's, yes. he's pulling the plug on the show himself, saying it's always been planned to be a three-season show, and we're not going to go any further. That's kind of refreshing in the day and age where everyone's trying to milk every last episode out of every project they do. Agreed. Although he's famous for the, the, the Fargo thing being a one-season guy. You know, he changes the story every season. So. Agreed, but that's not even the big story about Legion. What is that this year they're bringing Professor X onto the show. What? Yeah. So they're going to meet, you're going to meet his dad. Oh, that's awesome. So they're, we're going to have a new Professor X. And oh. it's going to be on that show, which is very grown up and weird. Yeah. So who will they cast? Mm. Who's the new Professor X? I got to say Bieber, right? I got to thank Bieber. <laughs> that's why he hasn't been making much music lately. He's working on who, his acting who jobs. Who really, like, who would you cast? Who would you, be like... They give, they're like, you cast it. All the money in the world. Good. I got all the money in the world? Yeah, but it's still like, there's some people ain't going to do it. Right. Oh, uh, boy. Um, I can't not think of Patrick Stewart when I think of that role. I just can't. Well, grow up and think about somebody right. else. <laughs> um, Willem Dafoe, what a good fucking call. Who are you? He's I little, want to work in your studio, not his. He's a little sinister, though, don't you think? What? Willem, Willem Dafoe? I know, sinister? but fucking, he's a, he looks like a thinker. He's got a lot going on in his head. And plus, he's an actor. He'd act like fucking not creepy or whatever. Yeah. That's uh, a good call. I like that. Anybody else? Because Ralph is really shit in the bed. Brian Cranston? Yes, of course. Yeah. Malkovich. Shatner. Now you're talking. <laughs> I... <laughs> Can read your mind. <laughs> Logan, you're not a bad person. I just work with shit. Cyclops! I just work with them. Well, let me get that name for you. I'll pick that up. There yeah. you go. There you, you go. Thank I'm you. Sorry, I didn't realize you dropped that. I'll put it here right next to my hey, Emmy. There you go. 
Uh, I did. I did an episode of uh, the, the Big Bang Theory, ah. where we're all playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's me, uh, William Shatner, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Sure. Who everyone there was just like, "Holy shit!" It's basketball's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It's a guy from an Airplane. And uh, <laughs> what's the clearance, Clarence? Totally. Um, and uh, Joe Magnello is in there as well, and Will Wheaton and stuff. So we're all playing like Dungeons and Dragons at the Will Wheaton's place, and comedy hijinks ensue. But it was very, very nice. They're their last ten episodes, like ever, because yeah. the season's They're about to up. end it up and whatnot. So it was cool to be there. And apparently, they've talked about Shatner forever on that show. This is the first time. That's the first time he's been on. He's it? been on. I know so, uh, Nimoy did it a couple, a couple of episodes on that show. Yeah, he was also the voice of. Sheldon had a, a Star Trek action figure, and Nemo used to voice it, and they would talk to each other and stuff. Oh, get yeah, out of here. Cute. That's really cool. They, uh, it, this was the second time I was on. I was on once before, but just as a voice, called into Will Wheaton's podcast in one episode and tried to cast Penny in Clerks 3. Um, but this time I went back, they actually put me on camera. And so I was making fun of him because I was like, oh, yeah, last time I was heavy and I couldn't be on the show. That's right. Only now beautiful people. Wait, and you put me right on fucking camera and shit like That's that. That's funny. It was very sweet, though. They were very nice. Uh, Batwoman is happening over in the CW talking yeah. about television. Did you watch the uh, crossover episodes of the, uh, those shows? Yes. And her little appearance on there? I yes. was encouraged. I thought it looked real good. Very cool. She yeah. looks amazing. And now we know who her uh, enemy is going to be. Who is it? Uh, Alice, if you read the books at all, the comics, you know her uh, Lewis Carroll-themed Alice, Alice is sort of her Joker in the comics. And the cast is uh, Rachel Scarsden is the name of the actress. I think we got a picture of her and Alice side by side, I think. Alice. The two of them side by side, a photograph, maybe, maybe <laughs> not. There we go. There they are. So she'll be playing that role. And it's not her first DC character, by the way. She played Dinah Lance in Birds of Prey, the short-lived Birds of Prey TV show. Oh, get out of here. She was Black Canary in that. Very, very cool. And uh, the Super Bowl. Did you watch any of the Super Bowl, Kevin? Of course not. Of course not. It was awful, so you didn't miss a thing. Halftime was worse. But... There were. I heard that. Why was halftime bad? Yeah, it's so hard when you're Adam Levine and you're not really good. Um, <laughs> and then you're on television and a lot of people are watching you be really not good. And uh, I saw a picture of him. He has a fucking Bieber amount of tattoos. He's all very. Over his he's body. beeped out. Yes. Yeah. He he can take his shirt off. He can do that. We That's know rock that and much. roll, right? It is not. Um, so, but a lot of people were excited about some of the commercials, at least. We got to see some interesting things, but most of all, everybody's talking about the uh, teaser for Avengers Endgame, yeah. which happens in April. Yes. And it's I haven't soon. seen you since that happened. I thought it'd be fun to watch it together here What tonight. are we in now, right? What's the date? February what? This will be February 8th tonight. When's this come out? Uh, April 29th. 29th. So we're like two and a half months away. Yes. Fuck. Just have to live that long. I'm really impressed. <laughs> how well they are promoting this without giving too much away. They're being very smart about how they're doling out their Let's be honest. Tours. They don't have to do any trailer. The trailer could literally be the Russo brothers just walking out to a fucking empty chalkboard and writing Endgame and just standing there <laughs> and being like... <laughs> and we'd all be like, what does it mean? You wanna I watch, can't wait to You want to watch Steve Rogers shake his head a little bit for 30 seconds? I will. Let's do it. Mm. Yes, bitch. Some people oh, so 
move on. But not us. The leftovers. There's a hole nice. right there. Somebody's missing. They d- digitally took a character out. It looked like there was a space in that line there, right? A lot of people theorize that it might be... Batman. Yes. <laughs> Could you imagine? Right? That'd be the greatest Marvel's Batman. trick of all time. Yes. Suddenly Batman's there and we're like, what the fuck? And somewhere Kevin Foggy's like, that's right, <laughs> motherfuckers. I, I could do anything. Him. You know who's in the next one? Darth Vader, bitch. <laughs> Make all your dreams come true. Yeah. For me and you. <laughs> um, I can't wait. Fuck. I can't. I'm, I'm literally going off to make a movie, and I'm thinking about that movie. And I'm thinking about, like, Captain Marvel's going to happen when we're making our movie, so yeah. I'm going to get to see that first. I get to see Captain Marvel while we're making Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and right when we're done, my reward, Endgame. Maybe your reward should be making a good film. Fuck Maybe. that. <laughs> That's just a minor distraction to get to Endgame. Wow. Well, before we say goodnight, boys and girls, we got one last bit of business. It's a little different this week than it's been any other week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was wondering. Liam Neeson's been in the news. I don't know if you saw it or not. His cock, no. No, Him, yes. but uh, something else long and hard he carried in his pocket. Um, the cosh. The cosh. It's, it's an awful story about a time in his life where he was... Uh, um, considering attacking a random black person because his friend had suffered rape at the hands of a different black person. And it's been in the news and it's really been difficult to, to deal with and talk about because it's just, it's, it's why, why would he ever say that out loud? First of all, if you had that thought and things had gone horribly wrong and then somehow you learned a lesson from it and you feel you're a better person now, that's great. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That take was, that win. Take that, that win. Take that personal growth and keep it personal and sh- shut the fuck up. It just kept going, though. Like, it, just it happened down. once, and you're like, oh, shit. And then, you know, they're like, he's going to be on Good Morning America. And I was like, all right, he'll make it better. And then he went on Good Morning America. He's like, no, really. <laughs> I no, saw I really him. wanted to do it. No, I really did. I, I would walk him. down streets, and I would wait for a black man to come out of the pub because I really wanted him to because I wanted to have a fight. Shut up! I saw a tweet. Uh, that somebody wrote that like made me laugh uh, that humorized the situation they structured it like a script and it said interviewer so was this movie fun to work on Liam Neeson I did (laughs) 9-11 stop volunteering shit yeah it's weird so a lot of people have been reaching out and saying what are you going to do about the last segment are you still going to keep doing it are you still going to talk about Liam Neeson's cock his cock didn't do anything wrong that's what I look at (laughs) Wow, what a technicality his cock got off. And he on. still has a big cock. Nothing really has changed in our department. Here, here. <laughs> However, that being said, this week's collection of jokes that people sent in all do seem to have a theme. Current events? Current events. Ripped from the headlines? So this may be the last one we do. We'll see what happens. I don't want any fucking moaning out there, by the way. Grow the fuck up. We're all adults. We can have a laugh or two. (laughs) I'm very nervous. This is going to be jokes that make me uncomfortable. I'm I'm with them. (laughs) Well, let's see how we do. We need a theme song to get us fucking All right. Hit it, Josh. Can't help but wonder 
Wie groß ist im Leben Nissen sein Penis? That's right. Here are the folks that sent in uh, facts about Liam Neeson's big cock this week to neesoncock.com, which is back up and running, by the way. What happened? I have no idea. Suspicious timing. Exactly. Maybe Liam Neeson's like, I need all the help I can get. If you don't put it back up, I will wait for you outside a pub. <laughs> you babble bastards. Liam Neeson's cock is so big. How big? It's even a bigger dick than Liam Neeson. <laughs> See, I told you we were going to have fun. <laughs> Liam Neeson's cock is so big. How big is it? It told Liam, you're like my neighbor, the asshole. When you open your mouth, shit comes out. <laughs> Liam Neeson's cock is so big. How big is it? It's distancing itself from Liam Neeson. <laughs> It told the New York Times, I barely know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson's cock is so big. How big is it? It jumped into Liam's mouth to keep him from putting his foot in there again. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, Liam Neeson's cock is so big. It often lingers outside of pubs waiting for Liam to come out so he can kick his ass. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of Oxnard, have you had a good time this evening? Thanks so much for being with us. We truly appreciate it. This is our last Babylon for a long time, and you guys made it a really sweet one. I can't thank you enough, but the guy I got to thank is the man sitting to my left. Give it up for the man without whom there is no Babylon, Mr. Ralph fucking Garman. Let's hear it from my Babel brother, Mr. Kevin Smith. And that is Hollywood Babylon for this week. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Ralph Garman. Babble the fuck off. Good night, Oxnard! Give it up for Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.